the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Ivy Times gives us a reporter every Friday. If not Ivy Times, then typically Newsweek. They're both awesome publications. I really like the Ivy Times because it hits on things that I care about. Social media, technology, politics little sports, some entertainment, uh, tech, a lot of tech, a lot of Bay Area tech, so I like it. So joining me now is Carrie Flynn. How are you, Carrie? Good. No complaints today. How are you doing, Rob? Doing well. Um, tech reporter, pretty cool. IB Times, awesome. Um, but also, you got a degree from Harvard. How cool are you? <laughs> I did. Um, and I actually I studied environmental science and economics there. So, you know, I'm putting that into good use with my uh, reporting on social media and politics. But, but no, I like, you know, diversifying my, my abilities, I guess. Anytime I have a reporter on for the first time, I always say, tell us a little bit about your background, what you write about, a little bit about who you are. Yeah, no, I guess. So my focus here at IBT, I've been here for a little over a year now, and I specialize in covering the business behind social media. So what that means these days is a lot of coverage on really the big name companies. And today that's Facebook, still Twitter, now Snapchat. There's also Pinterest, Tumblr, LinkedIn, you know, all the networks you use for fun. I really dig into what the business is and, and also talk about how, you know, the intersections of life that these companies really hit on. And one side of that is politics. Another side is entertainment. Um, so it, it's really an, a fascinating beat to cover. Um, it makes my, you know, of my work-life balance a little difficult, but, but I love it. <laughs> so you recently have penned a little piece tied towards politics, obviously, um, and technology. As you just mentioned, you brought up the story about California's tech hub donating heavily to Bernie Sanders. Um, Bernie kind of he didn't pull out of the race yesterday, but everyone's kind of mourning the fact that he's not going to be as prominent. Um, even though he was relevant and even though he's stuck in, there's kind of a mourning that he's kind of like fading to Hillary Clinton at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, we did see that he's he's going to be at the convention. It's He's going to air out his complaints and, and we'll see what happens there. Um, but now with the Obama endorsement, like you said, it's it's pretty clear who's going to be and is the front runner of the Democratic Party. Now, obviously, when I was um, in my 20s, Twitter wasn't around, Facebook wasn't around. So politically speaking, I had to watch network television to kind of give me a a view of the candidates. Um, How much are you seeing things like Snapchat and Twitter, which um, a lot of people don't find relevant, but I think it is relevant when it comes to crafting news and crafting stories. Um, Even things like Tinder, I see people are um, getting donations on Tinder and they're they're using Tinder in interesting ways to spread political news. 
Yeah, we've seen pretty much since 2008 when these networks first started emerging and becoming really widespread. We saw Barack Obama really utilize them as tools to spread his campaign message. And then he translated that into the White House. And as these networks have continued to grow, it's really become a core part of campaigning. So you'll see that every, almost every single politician uh, who was running them when it was up to 20 pretty much had accounts on every network. And definitely Facebook, definitely Twitter. Snapchat was the kind of the Snapchat election we've seen. And, and you mentioned dating apps. I wrote a story a few months ago about Tinder being used as a campaign tool. Interestingly, interestingly, no candidate wanted to endorse it or really talk about it. But it's kind of these supporters, especially of Bernie Sanders, used it as I called it the modern day door to door campaigning. And really what we're seeing today, too, is the power of these platforms, right? There was the – I was looking at CNN today. They can't stop talking about that tweet from Hillary yesterday, the delete your account tweet to Donald Trump. So it's crazy how one message, seriously three words posted on Twitter, has dominated the news today and, and yesterday. Let's talk a little bit about that because when I look at the candidates, and um, I'm summing it up in a horrible, horrible way, I see old white lady, old white guy, and cranky white Republican. Um, I don't really see them as hip and cool and using Tinder and using LinkedIn and using Twitter um, to spread messages. They, they basically have young teams of 20-somethings crafting all these messages is my assumption, right? That's It's a very good assumption you made. Yeah, they have very smart and, you're right, youthful teams all behind them. Uh, if you'll remember back to Obama, he – a firm that became really popular now and he recruited was Blue State Digital – and that was kind of the first big digital firm that was very young people who are like, we see the potential of digital. And now there are hundreds of firms who do those same things. Um, I know Bernie Sanders uses Revolution Messaging, which um, is a firm, I believe, based in, in New York. Um, and uh, Rubio Campaign used Pushed Digital, which is from South Carolina. Rand Paul used a firm in Austin. So these, these campaigns, yes, they have internal and they also outsource their, their digital initiatives and have people, you know, strategizing what they put on Twitter, what they put on Facebook. And it's very important where they spend their money for advertising. I think I read your article a couple months ago about Tinder being used as a, um, a platform for, for presidential candidates. And it was something like a guy would make up an account that says, I really want to talk to you about Rand Paul. And then you'd be at home and you'd be flipping through left, swipe left, full left. And you'd see that and be like, maybe I want to talk to this guy about politics. <laughs> um, and yet that there's some sort of it's cheap. It's easy. It's it's marketing. It's here. I am talking about it months later. You did an article on it. So it, it seems to be effective. And um, maybe it's even yeah, more. It's maybe so it's even personal. more effective. Maybe it's even more effective than like network news at this point in time. Definitely. You, people talk about that all the time. You get their news each day, especially the younger audience getting their news from their smartphone. And honestly, no one really watches TV on their phone. It's not as accessible as it, as it should be. So really, they're, they're going to the apps they already use, and that's where they're intersecting with entertainment and, and news and politics. So Tinder, yeah, you know, it's usually – it has that – hookup app uh, connotation, but at the same time, it's also just a social network as well, and it's something that people use to talk, so why not talk about politics? You recently penned an article about um, President Barack Obama preparing to turn over the social media handoff, and uh, again, it's just, it's fascinating that it's, to me, it's fascinating. Again, I'm in my mid-40s, so take that for what it is, Carrie, that I'm 
not as hip as I think I am. And uh, <laughs> just doing seeing stories like this, you're like, yeah, it, it, you kind of do have to have a digital media handoff at some point in time. Yeah, this will be the first one. I mean, so like I said, like the, these accounts started to really emerge back in the beginning of the Obama administration. And since Obama was reelected and, you know, it, the U.S., you can only have two terms. So therefore, this is the first time that there will be this handoff. Obama has created hundreds of accounts online, you know, whether that be specifically for the White House, like at White House, at POTUS. He also, like the National Parks has accounts. He's helped orchestrate having pretty much all of D.C., all of the administration use digital for their messaging. And now under a new president, it's actually the questions coming up of what's what's going to happen next. So we, we've seen, but like we talked about, most of the candidates are pretty pro-digital. There's no one that, you know, is not into using Twitter, or not into using Facebook. But whether there'll be less of a priority, that that is a question. And who's going to run that now? We'll, we'll have to see come January. So why didn't Silicon Valley feel the burn per se. Yeah, so what's what's interesting what we saw is that Silicon Valley did donate very heavily to Bernie Sanders. If you looked at the numbers uh in the three uh in the tech sector specifically, they donated six million to Bernie Sanders compared to two point seven to Hillary. So we're looking at these numbers here at IBT and those are from, you know, a few months back and we're like, all right, like maybe Sanders will actually pull through. But then when the numbers actually came on Tuesday, you saw that Hillary overtook in, in each county. Uh, with San Francisco being the closest, I believe it was, it was 55, 44 about, and the other ones, Hillary still had the majority. So when it comes out to it, you just saw the voters who actually went to the polls opted for Clinton. And it's to say it's not that Clinton is an, is an anti-tech, is an anti-Silicon Valley candidate. I guess looking and talking to people there, they just – they did feel the burn. You know, they when you think of Silicon Valley, you think of people who want to disrupt a system, people who want to be passionate about something and execute on something. That's, that sounds like Bernie Sanders to me. Well, when you think about the establishment, that's – that's Clinton. So when it comes down to it, you saw when, when the votes are tallied, there's maybe the, the Silicon Valley disruption, the field of burn is a little louder, but Clinton still has more support in the Valley. I think if I were to give you my perspective, because I live in Silicon Valley in San Mateo County, um, mm-hmm. most of my friends, 40 plus, they were, they were feeling the burn. They were talking about it. Maybe because there's a, like, we're ashamed to say same old candidate Clinton, but people were pretty excited. Um, so you're right. I'm I'm surprised that the vote didn't go his way in San Mateo County because people my age, and again, maybe that comes back yeah. to social media. Maybe social media was able to rally the younger people, the newer voters, uh, to get out and vote. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. I'll leave that to you. Yeah. I definitely like you. There are so many pictures online about the the campaign rallies that Sanders had have recruited thousands and thousands of people. And then you look at Clinton's and it's like a few hundred, you know, when you, when you look at it visually and you look at it online and you hear people talking, you, you would think that Sanders would, would clench it. But when it comes down to it, <laughs> the votes that people went to the polls and, and they voted the other way. Um, though it's, it's pretty interesting looking at the numbers though. Bernie did pull through, you know, he did for a candidate that, isn't as, you know, is, is newer, sure, has been a senator for a while now, but, but is not as, you know, seen as more the establishment, more the Obama endorsement. That's, that's Clinton. But Bernie did 
caused something. He did cause this, like we talked about, he did cause the sensation of feel the burn. He, people are talking about politics more, and maybe that's one of the best things he did to the Valley. And a lot of people want him to pull out of the race, but I say keep him in the race because if he can get more people talking about his issues, that's what he wants to do. With that said, Carrie, thank you for joining us. Great. Thanks so much, Rob. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good weekend. It's Carrie Flynn with the IV Times. I'll post that on Facebook, and I'll send it out to her, so she'll repost it on Twitter. Really smart young woman talking about politics, social media. This is stuff that is kind of cutting edge uh, journalism right now. You can find her at ivtimes.com, and the name is Carrie Flynn, just like you'd expect it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.